Um, today, I guess I'm going to talk about the game Against the Dark Master, which I tried with a couple of my friends, set it in Yield Middle Earth. Um, I've only had a few sessions because it's kind of a gap uh, in between episodes of the D&D 5e campaign that we've been playing. So, Against the Dark Master, it's a clone or an update of an old 1980s game, uh, Role Master, Middle Earth role playing. So, there's a lot of tables and charts. But honestly, the charts make everything move fast. I think people have talked about this with older school D&D editions that being able to just look down at the table of your results is uh, pretty fast, actually. It takes, you know, whatever it is, a minute to write down your, your field of numbers, but then you're good to go. And the way that works in Against the Dark Master, uh, sometimes also called VSD for Versus the Dark Master, um, is that you need to write down your weapons and then you just need one number, which is how good you are at uh, fighting with your weapon skill. So for instance, uh, and the weapon skills are divided into categories, blunt, blades, etc. So, you know, a lot of guys have blades and it'll be like blades plus 70. And the way it works is you roll a D100, but instead of checking against a percentile, you add like let's say your blades is 70 and you roll an 86, right? So it's 156. And then your weapon will have a quality that's like, you know, this is the max roll you can do. And the other thing that affects that ultimate result is just one more number, which is your foe's defense score. And the defense is more like something like zero or 15 or 25. Um, and then the way you can change that is uh, the opponent or the character can subtract, you know, like reduce whatever they would normally be attacking with by and uh, add that to their defense. They call that parry. Um, and with some weapons, you can only do, you know, so much parrying or whatever. Like, right? like a sword and a shield is much better. You can go up to your full blade score. But something like a two-handed sword, at least I've house ruled that you can only go up to half. Anyway, so simple formula. The numbers are a little high, but something like I roll my 81, I've got my 70 blades, I get a 151, and that, uh, you know, that's my score. And then I just look up 151 and I see what happens to the opponent. And if it's a good score, then what I'm going to do is I'll look up one more chart, but it's the critical hit chart, and I roll again. So if I got a 151, I probably did a really bad, really, you know, good for the attacker critical. And I'll roll on there, and let's say I roll like a 50, and then I add something like a 50 because of how good that critical was. And then I look that up, and I maybe like disemboweled someone or stuck an arrow in their guts or you know cut open their thigh there's some really great critical results and it all takes like you know i don't know less than 30 seconds to to look it all up and resolve it all and so it's not just you know an exchange of subtracting hit points although there is hit points 
they, they have a lot of maths in it. Um, I, I would say that this is a game for adults who are comfortable either with like, you know, <laughs> some mental math or writing it down or a calculator or something like that. But it's just because most people are not going to, especially most like, I don't know, 14 year olds are not going to be super swift about adding together 63 and 70 or something. Um, I'm not, you know, a giant math person in terms of not really going beyond algebra two, but the, uh, you know, this is basic arithmetic and I've been playing RPGs long enough that I'm always doing this kind of stuff in my head. And honestly, I mean, for life, uh, you should, you should be able to do this kind of mental math. I mean, like you buy stuff all the time, right? <laughs> anyway. So, uh, but I, I think there's just enough numbers that the human brain wants there to be, you know, wants you to slow down and write something down or, or whatever. Uh, and you know, you don't want to get, uh, you don't want to make a mistake and, uh, get your arm, you know, lopped off unnecessarily because you forgot to subtract, right? <laughs> anyway, it was pretty fun. Uh, the scenarios that we've run, like I said, it's set in Middle Earth. The um, setup is that they're in Rohan, which I think everybody knows is the, the writers of Rohan, but they've got like an Anglo-Saxon cultural vibe, uh, the Sutton Who helmet, stuff like that. And so... Um, I'm actually using the One Ring RPG uh, adventures and, and setting book, and I'm just modifying the heck out of it to make it more open and freeform or whatever. But the basic ideas are in there. Um, as an aside, I did this for a, like a basic D&D campaign I ran with these same folks for maybe two years. So, I mean, it's... the, the the One Ring RPG has some good ideas in there. I love a lot of the art. It's kind of like toned down from the movies. Uh, a lot of chain mail, no plate mail, stuff like that. A little more accurate to Tolkien. But, um, gosh, what they write is railroady and sometimes just like boring. You know, it's just like, roll to see if you are uh, nice or not. Uh, no, it doesn't really matter. They still don't you know, really give you that much different or of a reaction, you know? So, um, anyway, a little more free form. It's set in Rohan. The first adventure they went and they had to find, uh, whatever was killing homesteaders out by the white mountains. And so, you know, super basic adventure just to get thing, get the characters established. There's a ranger from the North. We've got a hoblet, uh, assassin, <laughs> Uh, a um, a wood elf, which they call a dusk elf in this, which I think is cool. Um, it's very Tolkienish uh, elf races, as you can imagine. And then um, so there's dusk elf, and I'm gonna mess up the name. Rendriel is what my wife picked for the character's name. Um, Hobbit, a dwarf wearing heavy armor, and then a rider of Rohan. And um, they set out, they accepted the quest from the king's uh, sheriff or reeve. Um, same thing historically. And then uh, Shire Reeve becomes a sheriff, right? Anyway, so they accept the quest. There's some rivals. They go out. 
they find out a snow troll has been doing this. There's a scenario where they might meet some Dunlendians, which are like the hill folk that are that fight the Rohirrim a lot, and they raid each other back and forth. But um, basically, they 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 found the tracks for it, and it just it didn't make sense uh, given the players' roles and kind of some of the decisions they made. So I have them find the troll cave on their own. Um, they don't really enlist the Dunlendians' help. Um, and, and that's an example of where the wandering scenario as written and how I ran it diverged because I'd rather have it make sense than try to shoehorn in something like, well, uh, the Dunlendians accompany you anyway. There's also a terrible set piece scenario where one of the rivals of the characters, uh, supposedly like does X, Y, and Z. And there's basically like a cutscene. It's like, why do you have these cutscenes? I mean, clearly the adventures that they publish are are not made to be run at the table, but are kind of meant to be uh, read and enjoyed, like their little, you know, play your own scenarios or whatever. I I wish RPG companies would just be honest and just be like, this isn't an adventure book. This is a choose your own adventure scenario with art. You know. <laughs> like, anyway, I digress. So what my characters did is they they tracked it down the snow troll they entered its cave uh they got ahead of the the rival groups who had been also been enlisted by the king's reeve to find the troll and um they get into the cave and then both archers the uh the animist wood elf and the ranger just roll great for their uh attack rolls on the troll and they also had rolled well on their stealth. They'd gone ahead of the, the rest of the group a little bit. So you didn't have like the jangling dwarf uh, stepping out in front. Anyway, and so they, they they shoot this troll dead in like two shots. And um, I really like that about the against the Dark Master system. It was super easy to do. I mean, it took about as much time to resolve as two D&D attack rolls. Um, maybe a little bit longer in that, you know, like I had to read what the result was, but I read pretty fast. And so I was able to just, um, tell them what happened, you know, like one of them got him through the knee and then the other one got him through like the eye or whatever on the crit tables. So it was really cool. Um, and you know, I, I think the, the characters, the players, are uh, legitimately worried too. Like they saw how fast that happened and now they're like, oh wow, that could happen to my character too. So anyway, it was a great, uh, great little intro scenario, cool, fast resolution. Um, I was able to show them some art because we're playing online because of COVID and uh, we moved from Houston to San Antonio. And so we'd have to play with them online anyway. Anyway, so it was pretty fun, um, and then we, we ended up having an, another scenario, but I'll, I'll recap that next time. So, um, hope you enjoyed this session. I'm trying out Anchor. We'll see if I can set this, this whole guy up. So, uh, against the dark map.